Welcome to Beyond the Field, your property finance and general discussion podcast series powered by Money Empire. We're a team of financial advisors here to help you tick off your property and finance goals. When we say Beyond the Field, we mean this to be beyond whatever field you're used to. So kick back, relax and enjoy the podcast. Welcome back to Beyond the Field. My name's Goran. I'm Isa. And today we have our regular guest, who's a very lovely lady by the name of Linda Moore. She's a money mentalist, mother, and overall money expert. Linda, how are you? I'm very well, thank you very much. Fantastic. Thank you very much for being with us today and taking time of your out of your day to be with us. Um, today's topic is children's savings, but uh, mostly um, evolving into teens and money and savings. So, um, yep. Obviously, you being who you are and knowing what you know and being a mum, raising a child, with, especially to do with money, um, children and savings. I mean, how important is that for parents, um, you know, to start off early? Look, it's super important. Um, I think one of the things that we need to think about here is we want to raise financially healthy children because... We want them to leave home at some point in time and we want them to be successful and be able to cope in the real world when they do leave home. So it's really important that they understand not only money in general, but being able to save because it doesn't matter what your income level is. If you can't be a good saver, you will never be a good investor. It's not about income, it's about that ability to save. So the younger you are when you learn that, the better it will set you up for the rest of your life yep um how early is too early in terms of you know just being realistic um look you're not going to get a two-year-old probably to understand the concept (laughs) of money they're still playing you know with toys and things like that but it's once there's that understanding of if i go and buy an ice cream where's that come from or if you know you're in the supermarket and they're starting to want something and questions are starting to be asked and that's going to be different for every child and as we talked about last time it's also going to be different for every money personality child as well okay yeah Yeah. so it's really as soon as they are ready there is no hard and fast rule I've got um, four daughters, Linda, and oh, um, and I've, I've got twins, um, and they are 11, and another one that's nine, and, you know, even their concept around savings or spending and even just challenging them to say, hey, that is a really big ticket item there. If you can get to halfway, I will meet you the other half. So it automatically sets them a goal. And some of them are like, some are, they're, they're, they're all different, which is great and fine. And some of them, you know, I will just put it away for now where others will like to spend. But I guess it's going to be very different between all the different children, um, you know, under one household, I'm guessing. But I guess um, how you sort of uh, discuss it with them. And it's not it's not really a meter challenge, but just it's, it stimulates that sort of growth and conversation around money. Yeah, it does. And I think this is the first thing that parents kind of, we expect our children to be mini-me's. And we kind of think that if we've got more than one child, they're all going to be the same. Therefore, you can treat them all the same. Now, you know, when you sit at the dinner table and you give them their broccoli, two of them will absolutely love it. One will absolutely hate it and throw it back at you. And the third one doesn't care. So yep. why should it be any different? You know, why, sh- why should it be any different when it comes to money? So that's yeah. the first thing. Don't expect them to be a mini me and don't yep. expect them to be all the same. So again, it's like watching their behaviors and it's watching mm. their behaviors and, and working out what their little money personalities might 
might be from the way they do other things. Like, do they share toys? Do they do they go and collect things? You know, all of these sorts of things. So if you've got someone who's a little collector, they're more likely to be happy to be a saver because they yeah. like to collect things and they like mm-hmm. to. So the conversation around that is going to be different than the little one who's in the supermarket going, can I, can I, can I, can I, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. Mm-hmm. They're not likely to get this concept of saving as quickly and as easily as your little one who collects all the all the shells. So it's all about watching the behaviour and mm. then seeing where things come up. And and a good time to start the savings conversation is when they actually say, "Can I have this?" Yeah. And, and that's yeah. You know, that's always a good indication because they want something, and that's always the best time to teach anybody, isn't it? Is suddenly when they want something, you're more open to listening. To, to what's mm. going on. Mm. Linda, just on that, you know, when, when they ask, you know, can I have this and can I have that? I know there are some strict rules around this in terms of the, the reply as a parent. Um, could you uh, elaborate a little bit on that in terms of, you know, not spoiling your child over and over? There yes. has to be some sort of limit. What, what, what can parents say there? Okay, so as soon as any of the questions about money start to come up, and they're usually going to come from the playground because they've heard other kids talking about stuff, and they're going to come home with this money question. Now, the first thing is when it comes to money and children, and particularly with your teens, do not tell them lies. Don't lie. I mean, you should never lie to your teen about anything, should you, really? But when it comes to money, it's even more important. So you don't want to tell them a lie but you also don't want to tell them things that they don't need to know right now. Mm-hmm. So the first the first response to any money question at any age is, why do you ask? Mm-hmm. And, and, and the tone is really important. It's, it's coming back at them from curiosity. Because if it's just about, well, you know, so-and-so's got this, you know, $300 pair of jeans and I really would like them too, then you can have a conversation about buying a pair of jeans, whereas you might be assuming they want to know how much you earn. So, you know, it, it, or so it's very good to say, well, why do you ask and get the rest of the story from them? What have you heard that's given you that question? Then, A, it buys you some time to think about the answer and it actually enables you to go, ah, I can take you down this pathway, not that pathway. So that's, that's the most important. If you learn nothing else, why do you ask? Why do you want to know that? You know, what's happened? And, I like and that, the rest Linda. of the story. I like that very much because it does give you that time. But I think mm. um, the quick response parents would just say to sort of shut their kids up is, oh, we can't afford it. You know? Yes. Yeah. Um, what is the mentality around that? Well, that's that's a really that's not a healthy thing to say to your children mm. because what you're doing then is you're putting them into the space of believing that you have no money. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I've, I've exactly, I've been working with a, a mum where they're, they're separated, but dad's been doing this all the time. Well, this poor kid has got himself so anxious that when he has friends over, he's asking them to bring money to buy their own ice creams because we can't afford it. Now, mm-hmm. is that the message that you want your children going out into the world with? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. And this is, the, this is the danger that we get into when we start yeah. to give quick answers because... We don't know the answer ourselves. We don't know how to deal with it. So we tell them a little porky pie. Well, I guess it definitely would. It shapes who we are as adults, mm-hmm. as um, the beliefs we have of money when we're younger. And if you had a, a trial of um, two different people, two different households, where one was always um, had a positive uh, influence positive surroundings around money, what that looks like compared to someone that only heard, no, we can't afford it. 
no, um, no is the answer. Um, too expensive. Uh, money doesn't grow on trees. This completely shapes our thinking as adults. And I don't think it's until then, until someone is a, you know, I say 30 plus here, um, when it actually starts to matter a lot more that then they look back and wonder what their beliefs were as children. Oh, we were, I, do, I was poor growing up. Um, and you see all these successful business people and they all had different experiences around money. Um, and, you know, it obviously starts at such a young age. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, when I'm working with clients, most of the time, that's what I'm actually unpacking is yeah. these is these views of the world. And well, does that still work for you? Because what you've also got to realise is, I mean, certainly for me, um, my grandmother, who's now 96, she grew up in a time where you had to be frugal. There mm. wasn't a lot of money. Life was really tough. So my mum has that complete and utter belief that money is really tight. And so even at the you know the age they are, where my parents are fine financially, you know she still will go and buy six packets of round wine biscuits when they're on special mm. kind of thing. You know, um, and and when Simon, my partner, and I go over to see her. That's when she goes and buys the Tim Tams. Thank you very mm. much, Mum. You know, <laughs> so you know, so I was I was brought up with that of you have to be really careful about money and all of those sorts of things. Um, and for me, I completely flipped that around and came out with the attitude: Well, what the hell? You know, I'm going to have whatever I want, whenever I want it, and to hell with the price of it. And you know, that led me into that situation of being horrendously in debt. And kind yep. of looking out and going, oh, what 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 is going on here? So yeah, can I can I ask you two questions there, Linda? Um, mm. One around the lack of education around credit cards and debt in sort of the late years of school and teens, yeah. because I think this takes people down a really rocky road because obviously, you know, if we're talking um, 16, 17, 18, 19 around and then sort of getting that first credit card and then obviously that can trigger years of bad um, account conduct, bad credit history. Um, but then bringing it one step f just before that age, like what around... Where do, you, where do you sit around sort of part-time jobs and actually, well, saying earning the amount of money? There's that real crucial age where I think I got my first paper run job when I was, I don't know, um, 12 or 13. And then I went and worked in uh, Green Lane Veterinary Clinic when I was, I think, yeah, nine or 10. And like I was actually working. And I think back and I was like, well, that probably shaped me well. But I didn't sort of go down the credit card debt level. And that's definitely from my parents who were very old school and like, just don't carry debt. Um, don't have credit cards and I've personally never had one and I'm a little bit older now don't want to say my real age um, <laughs> but you know those two things in particular around the sort of that job transition into learning about that sort of bad debt yes and, and this is where uh, it's rule number one never ever give a teen their own credit card what the hell are you thinking <laughs> um, you know but particularly if you've come from a household where you haven't had pocket money and you haven't taught them how to manage money yep. if, you, if you have been in a family where as parents you've been really good with money and you manage money well yourself then maybe you might give your teen a debit card so yeah. that at least there's a, a access to some money you know if you feel that they really need it um but oh years ago in my accounting practice i uh, one of my clients came to me he says oh he said my 13 year old she's so clever she's figured out how to use online shopping with my credit card isn't she clever <laughs> and i went i went no, you're the idiot for letting him have access to it. What are you doing? <laughs> um, funnily, he didn't remain a client for much longer after that. <laughs> you know, but it's like, 
we know what teen we've been teenagers I know what I was like with money as a teenager and the thing is that teenagers now are exposed to so much online and being able to easily access money the banks you know they're making decisions about student loans half the time we can't even decide what to wear your brains aren't formed you've got scrambled eggs going on you're not communicating with your parents a grunt is a conversation and you're giving them a credit card when you can't even converse about them half the time about what they want to do in the day it's just it's it's crazy it's absolutely crazy behavior um but again Teens can be very manipulative, manipulative, and it can be really, really hard to get around that. Um, what I, what I did with, with Amy, um, this is my daughter, when she was a teen, because we we lived out in the country, we lived in Glenbrook, and all of her friends were in the city, so there was always that thing of, you know, if anything happened, it was a good, you know, hour for me to get to her. So we, I did at that stage, um, I set up a. a an, an account we had a corporate cab account and she had a card for that and it was if anything happens wherever you are this is your emergency you go here you call me you and I can meet you at this point um, and that was what we did now mm-hmm. debit cards and you know things like that weren't as prevalent then so you could do the same thing with a debit card now you can have a little fund that's got say a hundred dollars in it and a debit card that's this is your card if you get stuck somewhere if anything happens use this but I it's like not, I, I, it's Linda, not my I like credit the card. Thought, yeah, I like the thought of the debit card the scenario. Mm. I don't like the credit card scenario. No. I, I couldn't think of anything worse than than my child. Well, obviously, I've got little boys, but when they grow up to do online shopping, that freaks the shit out of me. Yeah. Not only <laughs> the fact that they'll be using my account, but it's just not good for them. Do you know what I mean? No. Um, <clears throat> tell me a little bit. Just moving on to teens now. Um, yes. Do you do you talk to teens about money with, with families when you see your clients, or is that something that you? Uh, no, look, it's entirely, sometimes the families yep. do want me to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, again, with teens, it depends where they are in that teen phase. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there are some teens who at 17, 18 are still very communicative about everything. And there's other mm-hmm. teens at 15, 16 that go into that shutdown mode, you know, I know more than you do. So it's where are they in that cycle? And sometimes mm-hmm. it's, you know, the 10, 11-year-olds, it's easier to have some of these conversations with. But I think, yes, it's, it's important that, that children, teens, understand that money doesn't grow on trees mm-hmm. because we use we tend to use cards I mean you know we've had this conversation I don't carry a lot of cash everything I have is a visa card or a, a debit card a credit card yes. um, and if that's what a child sees you constantly using that they don't have the concept of pain pleasure where's that money come from mm-hmm. so I kind of say with with kids keep it cash economy for as long as you can because right. then when you go shopping with them and they have their pocket money their five dollars yep. and they hand it over and they get a piece of plastic in return they get a piece of plastic and maybe some coins and it's like oh where's my five dollars gone and it's well you've turned it into this and this wow so I they think see that they actually using that, that using that cash i think it's mm. a really good concept to instill or start to instill the actual value of money and how much things cost would that be right that's right, yes. And then as they get older, um, you know, one of the things, and, and I did try this with, with Amy, and it was before I knew all of this, and it was a bit of an abject failure. Uh, we decided that she could have control of her clothing allowance. So what I did is it was like, here's some money, honey. Um, we didn't sit down and discuss what it was for, what it was supposed to cover, how long it was supposed to last or anything like that. So it got spent very quickly. So it was a good experiment and I learned a lot about what not to do. So mm-hmm. it is good to give 
your team's responsibility for part of their expenses. Mm -hmm. So maybe you start with something small, like if they would normally buy lunch or something like that, but just pick something small. and, And there's three things that you need to think about. You need to think about the um the accountability you need to think about responsibility and the third one which as a parent is the hardest one of all the consequences so if you give your teen twenty dollars which is their food money for the week Mm -hmm. and on wednesday they come to you and say mom i've got no money for lunch can i have some more consequence no you can't the bank of Mm -hmm. mum and dad is closed you have to make your own lunch now and teens, we know, will generally throw the toys out of the cot. So, or they'll go and talk to dad and say, dad, can I, I have I still throw bucks? my toys out of the cot, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> um, just, just quickly, like in terms of teens, um, how and when do you give them that financial responsibility and, and freedom to manage their, that, their own budget? When you think that they are ready. And I think that that, that needs to be probably around... 14, 15, earlier if you've got someone that you know you've done well in terms of that whole teaching and pocket money thing. Um, But sort of around that age, because by the time they're 17, 18, that's when they're starting to think about their careers and maybe taking out student loans. That's when they're starting to be able to look at getting credit for themselves. And of course, that's also when they're starting to get jobs. Uh, And I think, yes, I love the idea of, of... kids having jobs I think yes. that's really it's really good um my my first experience of a job was I used to knit Aaron jumpers for a souvenir shop in Christchurch and oh, I cool. sit in the evenings and I got paid for knitting um yeah so I you know and that was really cool that was my money and mum and dad sat me down and I had some of it and the rest of it went in my bank account so when I got my first real job I got some of the money and the rest of it went in my bank account so I think it's really good and I think I did read actually in the Ron Lieber book that we talked about last time children like to work they want yes. to do something mm-hmm. so encourage that if you have an entrepreneurial 10 year old who wants to go and sell lemonade or set up a little online business go for it mm-hmm. you know encourage it really encourage oh, it i love that i love that um is there any specific percentage you would say that teens should put away in terms of savings from their pay what's the rule of thumb here oh look i think i think the rule of thumb has kind of been you know a minimum of 10 percent is what you want to save isn't it yeah yeah, probably probably for a a a child because they don't have to pay rates insurance and all that kind of stuff it it probably should be about a third um mum and dad made me pay 25 percent to them Mm -hmm. that was my kind of that was what i did uh and then i had the other 75 percent. but by that stage i was running my own car and all of those sorts Mm -hmm. of things Mm -hmm. so i think you know there's either a third a third a third, a third to save, a third to spend, a third to give away, if that's your family values, mm-hmm. but at least 10%, at least yep. 10%. That's minimum, isn't it? It is. Um, and, and when you get to that point where they're starting to earn their own money, that's where you can start teaching them about life. And you can yep. sit down and go, you're now earning this amount of money. Mm-hmm. This is what it. This is what life costs. So it's not just about the clothes. It's not just about the fun. Mm-hmm. It's about the power, the phone, the groceries, the, all of those other things that as parents we're paying. And you can say, well, at the moment, you're earning $70 a week. Your life at home is costing $500 a week. Yep. There's, a, there's a big gap there. So start to think about how you're going to manage that when you start mm-hmm. to leave home. Mm-hmm. I think I'll tell you 
my story real quick. I think I got my first job when I was 17. I think I left school at sixth form and I ended up being, what did I do my first job? I was a sander and a spray painter and a, and a sort of like a product finishes mm. company. And I'll tell you what, I did not know how to read pay slips for yep. the next two or three years. I think when when someone gets a job, no matter how, what, what their age are in terms of, okay, young is young, but you know, th- you, you're mm-hmm. looking at 13, 14 onwards. I think it's imperative for for um, parents or us as parents to help kids realize how a payslip actually works. Would you agree in terms of oh. you know tax deductions, gross net? Would you, I mean yes. put, putting your accounting hat on? How yes. important is that? Yeah, and I think it's also really important to understand why we pay tax. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, our taxes pay for the roads, the hospitals, education, and, and, you know, this is not a political debate and everyone has different thoughts about it, but fundamentally that's what tax way, way back in the, yes. you know, the, the heraldic days, yep. that's what it was for, and that fundamentally yep. hasn't changed. So you need to kind of understand that tax is not evil. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. it's, it's something that everyone has. Everyone to do. pays it. Yeah. Everyone pays it, yeah. um, and and that's also where you can also teach them the understanding about it's really important to put money in your KiwiSaver account. Start mm-hmm. a KiwiSaver account. Yeah. You yep. know, even maybe before you get a job. Yep. Um, you know, we talked last time, I think, about, you know, instead of grandparents giving more plastic mm-hmm. to kids, put it in a KiwiSaver account or yep. some kind of savings account. Yep. For them. Would you, just Linda, just stop right there, KiwiSaver. Yes. Do, do you agree that that is imperative for kids? And uh, obviously, because you can't get the me- um, members' tax credits from the government mm-hmm. until you reach 18. Yeah. Um, would, you, would you suggest uh, parents put their kids into KiwiSaver from a young age? Look, I think, you know, it's not, this isn't, it's not about tax. It's not about, it's about the fact of teaching your children to put money away regularly. Um, And so KiwiSaver is a really good option. I mean, the other thing with KiwiSaver, it's really hard to get it back out again. So again, you know, depending on uh, your family, uh, for example, I've got uh, a client where her son is is special needs. Now Mm -hmm. for her, um, KiwiSaver, we've we've got it both in KiwiSaver and just to manage funds Mm -hmm. because if anything happens to her, Mm-hmm. We're going to have to access money quickly, which we wouldn't be able to do if we had it tucked away on KiwiSaver. Yeah. So there's a balancing exercise between where you put it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, th- I think KiwiSaver is a really good starting place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. The, the only downfall yeah. of that is just like what you say, you can't access it at any time as yeah. you please. But, yeah. you know, what, what I've seen in terms of what's going on out there, more and more um, people um, are buying homes at a young age, either by mm-hmm. way of you know savings and KiwiSaver or gift from mum and dad. So I think yeah, I think that is um, I think it's a really good scheme. Yes, yeah, I, th- I um, think it is too. Yeah. Just just before we finish, Linda, could you just tell the listeners uh, as parents how important <laughs> is it setting the right examples as parents for the kids in terms of spending? Just in a nutshell. Look, it, it's huge um, yeah. because. <laughs> If you're not financially healthy, how can you raise financially healthy children? So the first thing you have to do as parents is you've both got to be on the same page about what the guidelines are. So if you're going to give your child an an allowance, if they're going to cover their clothing allowance, what's in, what's out? Be really clear. What's in, what's out? What are you still paying for? What are they paying for? Um, Have the conversations and do it in short little bites. I mean, teenagers, it's hard to get attention anyway. Mm -hmm. So just do short little chunks of time where you can have a conversation when something comes up. Mm -hmm. And also remember back from, I think, two podcasts ago, the concept of anchoring. When they come to you and say, we want a pair of jeans that's $200, the first thing we're going to do is go, good grief, they were only 20 when I was a teen. Remember, you've been anchored. 
You've been anchored. So make it a fun story. Oh, gosh, you know, don't just go, oh, back in my day, they were $20. Actually use it as an education thing about, you know, how times have changed and what's different. Um, and you must let them make mistakes. They are going to blow all of their allowance. They are going to blow all of their their money, whatever it is. It's going to happen. It's a learning. And then you've got to really be clear, where does the, step, where does the bank of mum and dad stand? When yep. is that bank open and when is that bank closed? And then stick to it. So yep. it's as hard for parents as it is for the teens. Mm. Um, Linda, just to finish off, we're all about education here. Are there any particular basic books that um, you know that won't overwhelm a reader if they yep. want to start in terms of budgeting? Is there any that you can um, you know, the name first, drop? Yeah, the book that I absolutely love, and I'll, I, I know we've talked it up before, it's a book called The Opposite of Spoiled, and it's by mm -hmm. a guy called Ron Lieber, L-I-E-B-E-R. I recommend every parent should read this book. It's really, really good. It's got really good concept. Um, you can get it audio and, and, and in a book form. Um, so that would be the best book that I've come across in terms of how to talk to your children and, and how to manage those circumstances. Um, on our website, moneymentalist.com, there is a little ebook about raising financially healthy children. So that gives you a little snapshot of everything which is a really good place to start. You can go and download that. Um, certainly for more, Ron. Ron is my go-to guy. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Linda, again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You're a breath of fresh air and a wealth <laughs> of knowledge. Um, thank until you. Until next time, thank you very much. We'll see you again. All right. It's been fun as always. See you. Cheers. See you. Hopefully you enjoyed the podcast today. For more info on this podcast and a heap more, Check us out on Beyond the Field on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And hit the subscribe button. Take the reins of your future and feel empowered with Beyond the Field.